I'm Deepak Chopra. This is Daily Breath. My friend and colleague Jay Shetty joins me today and all week. Jay has a new book out called Think Like a Monk. Train your mind for peace and purpose every day. Our topic today is total meditation. Everybody is burdened with limitations that are created by running into resistance. So let's talk a little bit about intention and also about resistance. Let's frame this in a way that is easily understand because all intentions ultimately come either from our ego mind or from a deeper level of awareness. But that part of ourselves that we call me, the ego mind, has been shaped by disappointments also in the past. Of course, rewards, but also disappointments in the past. All those times when things didn't go our way. You want to do something, but you meet with the resistance. Things that are hard to change about ourselves always meet with the resistance, like trying to lose weight or improving our body image or not having the experience of love because we have lacked the awareness that invites love or feeling frustrated in a relationship. So this creates both stuckness and resistance. And this is how stuckness and resistance gain the upper hand. You've known about this problem for a while. You've thought about it often. You haven't made progress in solving it, or progress has been temporary. No one has given you truly useful advice. In your worst moments, you feel helpless, hopeless, or perhaps both. You keep repeating fixes that never worked in the first place. In the end, you simply put up with whatever has gone wrong. So the more we meet with resistance, the more likely we are to define ourselves in limiting waves. And how do we define ourselves in limiting waves? By noticing that our internal dialogue is one of the following. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm afraid. I'm angry. And this kind of labeling leads to lowered expectations and unhappiness. From the viewpoint of consciousness, expectations should be limited. Why do I say this? Because expectations actually limit your possibilities. They limit your possibilities. I mentioned before that pure consciousness is a field of all possibilities. But Conditioned consciousness is already limiting those possibilities. But pure consciousness is a field of all possibilities. It's pure creativity. It's also pure unpredictability. And that's the secret of creativity. If everything was predictable, there's no point of creativity. A perfectly predictable system is an algorithm. Algorithms can simulate creativity, but they're not fundamental creativity. So... As we start to get unstuck by not resisting, not anticipating, not regretting, but being present to what is, then we open the window, the corridor to infinite possibilities. I'd like to see if uh, Jay has any comments from what I've just said so far.
I absolutely really loved the understanding of the difference between expectations and actually coming from a place of being able to access endless possibilities and how expectations are actually a limit on our endless possibilities. I thought that's, that's absolutely beautiful. That really, really hit me. And I was thinking back to when I was studying different parts of the Vedic literatures and the four key motivations or the four key intentions that exist behind every action. And we have the first or the lowest intention being fear and insecurity. Above that, we have the intention of desire or result. And this very much connects to what you were saying, that we put an expectation on a desire and result and we cap our own potential. And then higher than that, we have the intention of duty and responsibility. But the highest intention, as you beautifully said, is presence to what is happening right now, which comes from a trust in timing and from a space of love and compassion. So one exercise or activity that I enjoy doing is when I'm presented with different options, I try to ask myself, which of these four intentions are behind this decision? And when I reflect on the intention, I then, as you said previously in one of our sessions, you get the choice to either upgrade your intention or you get the choice to accept your intention with where you are right now. That's beautifully said, uh, Jay. And I was also thinking, since you brought up the Vedanta and Vedic teachings, you know, and, and these days in our culture, particularly in the West, the word chakra has become very uh, popular. And these chakras are centers of awareness, really. There's junction points between consciousness and biology. The first three chakras, the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus chakra metaphorically represent the instinct for security, for sensation, and for power. And these three impulses are present in all living species, not just human beings. Security, sensation, and power. Without security, you can't survive. Without sensation, you can't survive either because you have to put food. Sexual sensations propagate the species. And power means just to be in control in the moment of the situation. These are present in all species, not just humans, these three sensations. In humans, actually, we have a problem. People get addicted to sensation, addicted to power, and addicted to security. And paradoxically, the addiction to security is the biggest cause of insecurity. And so, you know, we need to be aware that the lower three impulses are natural. And if not interfered with, they actually help us survive and propagate the species and be in control. It's only when we start trying to maneuver these three impulses to the level of addiction that we suffer. Now, humans, of course, have gone beyond these. So the fourth chakra is the heart chakra, which opens up all relationship and love and compassion and joy and equanimity and truth. And then as we go beyond that to the other centers of awareness, you know, so we go to the throat chakra, which is conscious speaking and everything that we can do to express ourselves creatively and consciously. 
But then as we move upwards to these other centers of awareness, we open the door to insight, to intuition, to creativity, to a greater imagination, to a higher vision, to a calling, which obviously is the difference between humans with self-awareness and the conditioned mind, which is very similar to every other species, just focused on those three things, sensation, power, and security. And you were mentioning Vedanta, and it's very good. Intention without anticipation is the most powerful intention anyway. And that intention in Sanskrit goes through four phases, para, pashanti, madhyama, bakery. So para is totally unmanifest. Pashanti is the cloud of um, desires that is just coming up as a result of whatever situation is. And then Madhyama, the internal dialogue becomes obvious. And then Bakri is the conscious choice you make. And one of the values in meditation is you can actually witness these stages of intention blossom from the unmanifest ultimately into the manifest, particularly when you're detached from outcome or expectation, which is exactly what karma yoga or kriya practices. So that was a very important comment that you made just now. And I think it is very important to understand that intention is most powerful when it is detached from outcome. Because if I'm only focused on the outcome, then I'm not engaged in the process. But when I'm engaged in the process, of course, the outcome is guaranteed. As we get unstuck, the prospects for higher consciousness emerge and also expectations change. We steadily improve and our whole life becomes one of authenticity, integrity, higher purpose and responsibility. <laughs>